Hey y'all, Jake Bible here. Thank you for listening to the original podcast recording of Dead Mech that I released way back in 2009. I've had a lot of folks ask for these original recordings, so I thought I'd put them back out there for y'all to enjoy. The episodes will be released weekly for free, but if you don't want to wait, then head over to jakebible.substack.com and subscribe. Links are in the show notes. Paid subscribers receive access to all 26 episodes right now. And that's not all. Subscribers receive access to early release ebooks, getting them before they even go on sale in my online store or any of the retail sites, plus early access to new audiobooks, exclusive short stories, including the weekly Friday Night Drabble Party, live readings, and so much more. That's jakebible.substack.com. Subscribe now and get all the goods. Now, enjoy a little bit of the past. Thank you. You're listening to Jake Bible's Dead Mech, the world's first Drabble novel, written and performed by Jake Bible. This story is available only as a podcast novel and is not for the faint of heart. If you can't stand blood, gore, graphic violence, foul language, cannibalism, zombie hordes, or sexual situations, well then, you aren't invited to this party. For more details and info, go to jakebible.com. Feel free to leave your mark there. It's only fair. Episode 2, Chapter 1, Part 1 The traffic was awful. Jimmy hadn't moved more than a mile in the past hour, surrounded by cars honking, their electric motors purring in the hot summer evening. His calm phone buzzed and he casually answered it. Hey, sweetheart, what's up? Where are you? Michelle's voice was frantic. Stuck in traffic, baby. It's Friday night rush hour. What's wrong? Rachel okay? Yes, but you need to get home. What's wrong? I just talked to my dad. He said we need to get out of the city right away. Caprizi woke with a start. Thankful the nightmare didn't proceed any further. The two mechs stood on the ridge, looming over the valley below. You sure you picked up something? Bisbee asked over his calm. Positive, Stanislaw responded, double-checking his scanners. Nothing. Hmm. Guess we have to go down into that bake oven of a dust bowl and check it all out, Bisbee grumbled. You sure? Yes, Biz, I'm sure, Stanislaw snapped back. I don't know why you're bitching. This is why we're here. Yeah, but the rookie comes in today. I don't want to miss the fun. You didn't think being a rookie was much fun. Shit rolls downhill. General Mechanic Jay Ryan stood and stretched, his back popping in the line. Ah, that's the shit, Jay yawned, turning to survey the mech hangar. He glanced at his watch. Oh, 0600. Damn. Did it again. Jethro laughed, walking into the hangar holding two cups of coffee. You fall asleep in here last night? Unfortunately, yes, Jay replied, cracking his neck and taking the offered coffee mug. He nodded his thanks to Jethro and turned back to his workbench and the schematics laying upon it. Jethro sidled up next to him. That's some ballsy shit. Don't I know, agreed Jay. Where you want me, Stan? Bisbee asked, watching Stanislaw's mech stomp down into the barren valley. 
Stay put. Keep scanners at full and watch for the ambush. Listen, I know you're the best in all, but I don't think anything is in this valley. We're wasting our time. Never assume, Biz. That's how I stayed alive this long, and following that advice will keep you alive just as long. Stanislaw's scanners beeped. He checked the readings. I just shot you my scan. You seeing that, Biz? Yeah. Looks like some crevice off to your left. Hard to see from up here. Matthew walked into the barracks, towel around his waist. The noises from Masters' bunk made him stop. Oh, for fuck's sake, you two, Matthew said, tired of walking in on Masters and Harlow going at it. Just keep walking, pilot, Harlow muttered between grunts. Matthew swore under his breath, walked quickly to his bunk, and grabbed his uniform. He turned and huffed to the barrack doors, trying to ignore the lump of sweaty flesh that made up Masters and Harlow. Briefing in fifty, kids, he called back, walking into the hallway. Don't be too late. Oh, God, was all he heard in response. What you see, Stan? Not sure. This is more than a crevice. It's a fucking rift in the Earth's mantle. Jesus. Stanislaw set scanners to full spectrum. What looked like a thin opening to a crack in the valley floor quickly opened up below into a massive cavern cavern able to hold any number of dead mechs. Stanislaw backed away, powering up his weapons. Hey, Biz? Yeah, Stan? I'm not sure what I'm looking at here, but I think we may need backup. Stanislaw shot the data over to Bisbee. Shit, that cavern's huge. Who knows what's down there? Caprizi stood in the middle of the tracks, cup of coffee in hand. He watched the dawn sun lift over the far-off mountains. Morning, Papa Bear! Caprizi looked up at the mech to his left. The cockpit was wide open, Rachel's legs dangling over the edge. He lifted his cup in salute. Morning, baby girl. You make this, Joe? Yep. Caprizi took a sip of his coffee inside. You have the gift. They stayed silent, each sipping from their mugs. Rachel looked to the distance down the tracks. Rookie'll be here soon. Yep. Hope he's worth a shit. Coming to you, Stan. Stay up there. No point in both of us getting ambushed. Fuck that. How about you drop a couple plasma charges down there and just frag it all? What if it isn't hostile? We're in the fucking wastelands. Everything is hostile. Stanislaw pondered this for a moment, but just for a moment. Proximity alarms blared in his cockpit, interrupting his deliberations. Stan, what is it? Stanislaw checked his scanners. He pinged a shape, large and moving, moving fast. Not sure. Hard to get a reading through this rock. He aimed his plasma cannons at the opening. Dr. Hecate Thomopoulos sat in her windowless office, head in her hands. She stared at the piece of paper laid out upon her desk. Tears welled in her eyes. She sniffed and wiped at her nose, grabbing up the paper and ripping it to shreds. She tossed the bits and pieces into the trash, subconsciously wiping her hands on her uniform as if the message on the paper had somehow dirtied her physically. Her door chime rang. She stared at the shreds laying at the bottom of her wire trash can. The door chimed again. She wiped her eyes. Enter. The dead mech burst from the crevice, exploding chunks of rock in its wake. It quickly gained its footing on the valley floor, its one arm raised and glowing, ready for battle. Jesus, Stanislaw whispered. Stan! 
Bisbee shouted into his comm, powering up his own weapons, dropping his mech down into the valley. I'm coming down! Push it to the left! I'll flank it! Stanislaus stared at the dead mech, watching its zombie pilot thrash and howl in its cockpit. Biz, something's not right. No fucking shit, Stan! It's a debtor with one arm! That's the definition of not right! Masters tried handing Harlow the soap. She fumbled around, blinded by suds. Masters laughed, gripping her hand with his and carefully placing the slippery bar into her open palm. Thanks, baby, she smiled, still blind. No problem, your hotness. He turned back to the water, letting the warm spray beat down on his chest. You think Matthew was pissed? Who fucking cares, said Harlow, washing the soap from her face. They're all just jealous because they ain't got their own fuck buddy. That all we are? Harlow stepped from her stream into Masters's. No, baby, that's not all we are. Stanislaw piloted his mech into a crouch, setting up the leap and slash move. He waited for his opponent to take the bait. It didn't. One arm waited, watching Stanislaw, calculating the possible attacks. Coming to a conclusion, one arm aimed its plasma cannon. Stanislaw's eyes went wide. He'd never seen a dead mech react this way. His calm crackled. Get the fuck out of there, Stan! He's too close for you to dodge those blasts! Bisbee screamed into his ear. I'm too far away to take him out! Stanislaw knew all of this, and what his fate would be. Caprizi stepped next to Jay and appraised the schematics. You think this will work? The commander asked his chief mechanic. No, but I plan on putting hundreds of man-hours into it anyway, Jay sniped, never making eye contact with the commander. Caprizi grinned and slapped Jay on the back. That's the spirit. Need anything? Still not looking away from the schematics, Jay handed Caprizi an empty coffee mug. She makes it every morning, and yet I'm always surprised what your girl can do with some ground beans and water. Caprizi laughed, took the mug, and headed to the mess. The blast came hard and fast. Stanislaw dodged the first wave, but couldn't sidestep his mech fast enough to miss the second wave. The concussion knocked his mech back 300 yards. Stanislaw struggled to ride his mech. Hydraulics on my left leg are out. I'm coming, Stan. Hold the fuck on. One arm moved in, firing twice at Stanislaw, then whirled around, sending several blasts towards Bisbee. Bisbee was far enough away to evade the shots, but it slowed him down, wasting precious time needed to get to Stanislaw. Stan! Stan! Jesus fuck! Can you hear me? Bisbee screamed. God damn it, Jethro! What did I say about coffee mugs on the schematics? Jay barked at his assistant mechanic. What did I fucking say? Don't do it? Jethro responded sheepishly, grabbing up his mug, leaving a coffee ring behind on the plans. Jay smacked him upside the head. Go double-check Harlow's left hydraulic system. I think I heard a hiss when she docked last night. I already checked it, Jethro answered. Then go wash the fucking thing, Jay roared. Wash a mech? Really? Jethro asked. Jay's face turned beet red. Okay, okay, Jesus, calm down. Jethro stomped away, muttering epithets. One arm blasted Stanislaw's mech twice more, sending mechanized limbs flying in all directions. The live mech's torso lay smoldering on the baked earth. One arm turned its attention on Bisbee. Seeing the state of Stanislaw's mech and the dead mech's new tactics, Bisbee stopped his mech and set blast anchors into the ground. He prepped the machine for full rocket launch. 
intending on sending the one-armed abomination to hell in a million tiny pieces. One arm roared and charged. Bisbee's blood ran cold at the inhuman sound coming from the dead mech's loudspeakers. What the fuck? Bisbee croaked. Hey, Maddie, come sit here, June called as Matthew finished loading his plate from the mess line. Matthew glanced around, but the mess hall was empty and he was trapped. He slowly made his way to June's table. Morning, he nodded, fake smile in place. Wow, did you hear Harlow last night? June asked conspiratorially. She and Masters were nonstop. Matthew laughed. This morning, too. June's eyes widened. Wow, must be nice having someone all to yourself like that. Matthew kept his eyes down, preferring to look at the pile of yellowish synth eggs than to look into June's inquiring eyes. Bisbee checked the anchors and set his mech into a squat, bringing its body to a lower center of gravity. He watched the dead mech rage towards him and braced for impact. Twenty yards out, one arm leapt, using its mini rocket boosters on its legs for extra lift. It raised its arm high into the air. Bisbee, realizing what the dead mech was about to do, disengaged his ground anchors, hoping he could sidestep the falling mech in time. Everything slowed. One arm roaring, Bisbee scrambling, Stanislaw dying. It all froze for a split second in the barren valley. Man, I never get over how good this coffee is, Masters crowed. I mean, how do you grow something this tasty in the fucking wastelands? He plopped down next to Matthew and Jane, smelling of soap and smiling from ear to ear. Hey, baby, grab me a muffin, will ya? He called over his shoulder to Harlow, still in the mess line. Will do, sugar dick, she called back. Matthew shook his head, but couldn't help smiling. Masters raised his eyebrows in mock innocence. What? Masters took a sip of coffee. Can't two badass motherfuckers be in love? Bisbee didn't make it out of the way. The impact of mech on mech was earth-shattering, literally. One arm came down just as Bisbee had disengaged his last ground anchor and tried to execute a tight side roll. The dead mech smashed into Bisbee's cockpit, putting the two close enough that Bisbee could smell the rotted zombie pilot. A massive crack appeared in the baked earth, opening the world above to the world below. Both mechs tumbled into the fissure, smashing at each other with iron fists, knees, and feet. The darkness swallowed them, their battle echoing, echoing, lost. Dr. Thermopolis walked into the mess hall. Finding Matthew, she quickly moved to his side and then bent down close. May I speak with you for a second? Matthew looked at the other pilots at the table and then at the doctor. Um, sure, I'll, I'll see you all in the briefing. He stood and followed Dr. Thermopolis outside the mess. He raised an inquisitive eyebrow when they were alone. Dr. Thermopolis cleared her throat, glancing around to make sure they were unobserved. You came from Foggy Bottom, right? Yeah. Have you heard from anyone there recently? Any news of any problems? Matilda placed a kiss on his cheek. Bye, Daddy, she said, skipping out the back door into the spring rain. Stanislaw got up from his chair, grabbing an umbrella and followed his daughter. Take this, baby. Aw, oh, Daddy, the rain isn't going to hurt me, Matilda complained. It's not like when you were a kid. Stanislaw smiled. It'll make your old man feel better. Matilda laughed and reached out. Before she could grasp the umbrella, her skin started to melt from her arm. She screamed. So did Stanislaw. He was still screaming when he came to in his burning cockpit.
What are you doing? Jay called up to Jethro. I finished washing Harlow's mech and I'm working on the rookie's mech. That's what you wanted, right? Jay closed his eyes and pinched the bridge of his nose. No, what I wanted was for me to work on the rookie's mech. I'm just going to have to go back over all of your work to make sure it's right. Fuck you, Rind, Jethro barked, lowering the lift to the ground. He handed Jay his span wrench. You really need to start sleeping in a bunk. You're a grouchy bitch in the morning. A mech hand crested the newly formed crevice's side, struggling for purchase. The giant alloy fingers dug into the edge, anchoring themselves fully. With a groan of damaged hydraulics, Bisbee pulled himself from the fissure, rolling his mech yards from the opening before standing. Stan! Stan! He croaked into his calm. God damn it, Stanislaw! Can you hear me? He was met with static as his damaged mech swayed its way over to the smoking debris that was Stanislaw's machine. He tried to bring up life sensors, but only basic navigation scanners seemed to cooperate. Shit! He yelled, pushing his mech on. Matthew walked back into the mess, nearly running into Commander Caprizi. You heading towards the hangar, Matthew? Caprizi asked. Um, no, sir. Wasn't planning on it, Matthew responded. You sure about that? Caprizi laughed, handing the mech pilot a full mug of steaming hot coffee. Matthew took the mug, looking at Caprizi, puzzled. Jay's thirsty and in a mood. My time is better spent getting ready for the briefing, don't you think? Matthew laughed. Sure thing, sir. I'll, I'll make sure Mr. Grumpy Pants gets his fix. Caprizi clapped Matthew on the shoulder. Good man. Way to take one for the team. Bisbee was close enough to see the extent of the damage Stanislaw's mech had taken. He gulped, prayed, and swore at the same time. Stan! Come in, man! Silence. Bisbee switched on his loudspeakers. Feedback squelched at ear-shattling levels. Fuck! Bisbee roared, cutting the switch. His already battle-damaged hearing rang and protested. He stopped and took a deep breath. Grabbing his binox, he peered down at the twisted cockpit below, hoping for signs of life. After focusing briefly, he was rewarded with movement. Stanislaw was alive. Bisbee looked closer and gasped. He pulled the binox away. Tears welled. Rookie arrives today, Harlow said over a mouthful of synth eggs. June straightened. Really? Today? Yep, Masters responded, sitting down with his second tray of food. Careful, darling. Don't lose that tight bod, Harlow joked. Don't you worry, baby cakes. This is all so I can keep up with you. He leaned in and kissed her strongly, then pulled back, licking his lips. Mmm, eggy. Harlow laughed, sending bits of yellow flying. June recoiled. Jesus, you two are fucking gross, she snapped, getting up from the table and stalking out of the mess hall. Harlow frowned. What's up, her twat? Nothing. That's the problem. Stanislaw could smell the acid from the fuel cells. His mech was down hard. He tried to reach for the strap release, but his right arm wouldn't cooperate. He didn't want to look, but knew he only had moments to get his ass out. He pissed himself when he saw his arm two feet away, wedged between hatch brackets. The cockpit shook violently. The dead mech was on him, and Stanislaw wept as he wrenched the pistol from its holster and put the barrel to his head. A hulking shadow of death fell over him as he pulled the trigger. Jay jumped when Matthew sat down next to him. Closing his eyes, he took two deep breaths. Don't you pilots have a rec room to go play in? Matthew laughed, offering the mug of coffee. You want this or not? 
Thanks, Jay sighed, taking a sip from the mug. Matthew studied the schematics, then pointed at the coffee ring. If that works, it'll change the entire battle landscape. The debtors won't stand a chance. Jay glared at Matthew, daggers for eyes. Matthew drew back. What? It's fucking genius. Jay followed Matthew's gaze and saw what he did. It was genius. Wrenching at his straps, Bisbee tried to free himself from his cockpit, hoping he could reach Stanislaw in time. Stan! No! It's me! Don't shoot! He screamed. It's me! The pistol shot rang out, seeming insignificant compared to the cacophony of battle only minutes before. No! Bisbee roared, pounding his fists against his cockpit's frame until they were cracked and bleeding. Slowly, fearfully, Bisbee lifted his binocs, looking down at Stanislaw's wrecked mech. It took him a second to focus, but when he did, he wished he hadn't. Bisbee prayed someday he could erase that image from his memory. Masters and Harlow left the mess hall, grabbing at each other and laughing. Harlow stumbled, tripping them both up, and they crashed to the hall floor. She quickly took advantage and pinned Masters, straddling his hips with hers, slowly rocking back and forth. Masters licked his lips and let out a playful growl. Harlow leaned down, nuzzling against his neck. Careful what you start, Masters warned, his breath coming in short gasps as Harlow nibbled at his ear. Think we have time for a quick one before the briefing? Harlow asked. No, you don't, Caprizi said, stepping past them both. Using all his skill as a mech pilot, Bisbee carefully pulled apart Stanislaw's cockpit, exposing the body of his mentor and friend. The colossal hands lifted Stanislaw's body away from the wreckage and into the air. Bringing the body to eye level, Bisbee said his silent goodbyes, then deposited the corpse in an auxiliary cargo pocket. Bisbee turned his mech 360 degrees, trying to get his bearings, not trusting the minimal info his navigation scanners were giving him. He spotted the ridge and pushed his crippled mech in that direction, the direction of the mech base, the direction of home. Okay, everyone settle down, Commander Caprizi said. Let's get through this as fast as possible and get on our way. The mech pilots grabbed a seat, ready for daily briefing. Caprizi sipped at his coffee, glancing at his PDA, then started in. All right, only real order for the day is to keep an eye on Balsam Ridge. Harlow noticed some activity out there yesterday, and we should probably keep an eye on it. Harlow? Nothing, really. Just some rancher movement. They didn't engage, so I didn't either, but they watched my ass the whole time. Okay, next quick item... Bisbee pushed his mech as fast as he could without the thing falling apart. He knew the damage was bad since he couldn't engage the motor drive. He was walking the thing into the base. Even with the hydraulics working, the long trek was starting to take its toll on Bisbee's legs. Off to his right, he caught movement. He tried activating scanners, but they were shot. He was walking blind. A 50-ton target with a living meal in the cockpit and a quickly putrefying corpse in the auxiliary cargo. He raised his binocs. Fucking great, he muttered. Downing the last of his coffee, Jay rubbed his eyes and pushed away from his work table. That might actually work, he muttered. But first, some real work. He crossed the hangar to a partially dismantled mech, grabbing a span hammer on the way. He surveyed the mech, taking in the wounded behemoth. Nodding to himself, he raised the span hammer, took aim, and whacked the mech in a junction point at its ankle. He listened carefully, then whacked it again. This time he smiled and tossed the span hammer aside. Jethro, put this heat back together! 
Try not to fuck it up. Bisbee watched the wave of zombies crest the hill and swarm towards him. There must have been hundreds. Jesus, fuck! Where did they all come from? He cursed aloud. He tried to outrun them, but his mech was not cooperating. Accepting the inevitable, Bisbee double-checked his weapons, turned, and made a stand. When the front of the undead horde was fifty yards out, he fired up the fifty millimeters. Scorching hot lead ripped through dead flesh, painting the wasteland gray and black. Die, all you motherfuckers! He screamed in his cockpit. Row upon row of zombies fell, finally dead. Need a hand? Jethro asked, his grin filling his voice. Jay struggled with the six cables he had hopelessly tangled around his legs. Jethro just watched him, eyebrows raised, waiting for Jay to give in. Within seconds, Jay's shoulders slumped in defeat. Yes. Yes what? Jethro asked, enjoying Jay's torture. Yes, you can help me, Jay growled. What's the magic word? Jay whirled on Jethro, intending to throttle him, but his feet stuck solid and he lost his balance. Jethro smirked and offered his hand. Jay slapped it away. Jethro offered it again, unfazed. Jay gave up and laughed. Thanks. The right 50 millimeter overheated within minutes. Bisbee watched it redline and swore as the gun froze up, metal fusing. He flipped switches, sending all available ammunition to the left gun without stopping the flow of bullets aimed at the overwhelming zombie masses only yards away. Unbelievably, a few zombies made it past his onslaught, climbing his mech's legs, fighting to get at the flesh taunting them above. Bisbee agilely picked off the zombies, flinging each against the ground, pulverizing them. Eyes manic, Bisbee grinned wickedly, forgetting his loss and remembering why he had always dreamed of being a mech pilot. Jay settled into the cockpit, securing his limbs and powered up the mech. So when do I get to do that? Jay asked over the comm. When you become general mechanic, Jay responded. Only the commander, the pilots, and the general mechanic have their reaper chips altered. You know that. Yeah, but you know how things are out, way out here in the waste. Can't rules be bent? Just a little? Fuck that. Last thing I need is your zombie ass coming after me. I like your chip just the way it is. Smoke poured from the mech's control panels. Fuck! Fuck this! Bisbee muttered. He started flipping switches across his weapons array. He emptied the 50 millimeter, started in with the plasma cannons, tossed in some plasma charges, fractal grenades, and a little homemade napalm concoction Jay was kind enough to fit his mech with. 75 seconds was all that passed before movement ceased on the valley floor. The already barren terrain was now a blackened hell, littered with smoldering zombie husks. Bisbee would have laid waste to God himself if he had been unlucky enough to be present. That wasn't an issue. Bisbee had a bone to pick with God. Commander Caprizi ended the briefing, dismissing the pilots to their respective duties. Matthew hung back, waiting for the others to leave, then approached Caprizi. Yes, Matthew? Caprizi asked, looking up from his PDA. Has Dr. Thermopolis talked to you about Foggy Bottom? Matthew asked. No. Why? Not sure. She asked me if I'd heard anything from there in a while. She wouldn't go into any details, but I don't know. Her tone was off. How so? Mm, more fear than worry. When did we trade with them last? Not sure. Check requisitions. Let me know what you find out. Sure thing.
Bisbee crested the ridge out of the valley and turned his mech to survey the carnage he had wrought on the landscape. His breath caught in his throat. Sifting through the wreckage of Stanislaw's mech was one arm. It tossed pieces of debris aside, hunting for sustenance. Bisbee raised his binocs and watched in horror as one arm found Stanislaw's severed right arm, cracked open his cockpit and tossed the morsel to the ravenous zombie pilot inside. Bisbee wanted to put his binocs away, but he couldn't tear his eyes away. One arm turned and roared at Bisbee in triumph. You have been listening to Jake Bible's Dead Mech, the world's first Drabble novel. The preceding episode was recorded and produced by the author. The intro music was Miles and Miles by Lake Acrest. Outro music is Destroy by The Eternal. Both tracks available at podsafeaudio.com. Title graphic by Ed Delaney. Find him at peculiarcomics.com. This recording is protected by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works United States 3.0 License. You can share it, copy it, and give it to anyone you want. Just don't edit it, change it, or try to make any money off it without direct permission from the author. Thank you for listening. My head is spinning. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast of Dead Mech. Don't want to wait until next week for a new episode? Go subscribe at jakebible.substack.com and you'll get access to all episodes right now. Or you can go to my website or any major retailer and get the audiobook narrated by Julie Hoverson. You can also get the ebook, which is free on all major retailer sites, as well as my own store. Go to jakebible.com for more info. Thanks, y'all. Cheers.